Avatar 2 or Avatar The Way of Water, uh, the 2022 follow up to like what, 20... 2009. 2009's bloody hell. Um, Avatar. Yeah. Avatar. Um, we have both seen it um, and we are here to talk about it. Putting on yeah. the ramble because the ones that we do have Tom, yeah, always and uh, become more things... rambly, and Tom has things to say. So. Yeah, I have lots of things to say. Um, Non-spoiler-wise, first. Uh, yeah. So give me your give me your general thoughts. It's a decent movie. Um, I wouldn't say if if you're looking for overly complex story, it's not something that you should like be expecting. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're expecting that, oh. hang on. I've just been interrupted by Matthew. Give me a sec. Um. To also clear up, I saw it in 3D IMAX, because um, it's, it's an Avatar film, and I don't care about 3D. For most of it, IMAX is, oh, hello. you know, Avatar, and, and, and yeah, IMAX. Uh, Tom, did you see it in IMAX, or did you just see it at a regular no, screening? No, 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 no. Yeah, so we, we have a bit of a different... Yeah, a bit yeah. of a different viewpoint from from that perspective. Put it this way, it's it's stunning in 2D. It's going to be a, a whole other level of experience in IMAX. Especially once you're underwater, it was, yes, it was very, very, very pretty. Yeah. Um, probably worth mentioning, this also cost a lot. Yes. A lot of money to make. Um, yes, it did. And the biggest sell is, as with the original film, level of mm. world building and the level of Dedication Visual. to yeah, it's it's um it's world and the mm-hmm. amount of money that's gone into the visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, indeed, pretty much everything with Avatar has been done from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, getting actual experts in, with one small exception, which we'll talk about probably in the spoiler section because yep. it kind of it relates to both. Um, but it was a controversy more from the previous one. This one wasn't without controversy as well. Um, Way of the Water. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you. I've probably heard. missed it. So there was a bit of um, there was a bit of an annoyance. Well, I say a bit of annoyance. What's, what's the best way to put it? it? There was criticism from native groups, specifically Native American groups, mm-hmm. um, into the relation. In in regards to, there's two arguments. One of which I sort of agree with. The other one I I struggle with a bit more. The first argument that they gave off was that a lot of the cast is white American. Yep, sure. Which obviously, when they are playing the blue people who are getting invaded by the very white, very subtly implied to be an American company, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't come off too well to them. And that's sort of acceptable, yeah, that's that's the thing, but also you got to remember it's Hollywood, and, and they're they, blue people. And they're blue people, and unfortunately there is there is, you know, there, you want diversity in your cast. Absolutely. Um, and this is something that the original, the first Avatar actually did better at than, than this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that isn't always possible. There was a great video actually on um, on Game of Thrones. Um, I say video, like thing on in Game of Thrones, where someone commented to George R. R. Martin, Oh, there's a scene which you filmed in Morocco where you had Danny saving a bunch of slaves and Danny's white and they're all African and it mm-hmm. looks really bad. And he goes, yes, but there's certain practicalities with that. The way I've written it in the book is it's very much the Roman Empire slavery where it's you can be of all races and ethnicities and backgrounds and you can still be enslaved. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when you set out a call for extras in Morocco, 
Moroccans show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, what what do you do? You, you say to them, "No, we've got enough people of your color." That's also not right. So yeah. it, it, there's the practicalities behind that. That's sure. not to say that they couldn't have got more people in, and I think perhaps they should have made a bit more of an effort to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't. The second argument was regarding cultural appropriation, and this I struggle with a bit more. Um, the problem with the statement of cultural appropriation for Way of the Water mm-hmm. is a lot of the culture it takes inspiration from is not Native American, it's Polynesian. Sure. Um, and even in regards to that Polynesian culture, it doesn't completely rely on it because a lot of the culture for Avatar was is a variety of mixes of Earth cultures which have experienced or went through stages where they were controlled by colonialists. Mm. Um, that's how they got to the culture that they they created in Avatar. They actually got lots of people in and they merged these cultures in a way that they thought was interesting to build up yeah. the world building. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not really. Yes, there's elements um, that have been taken from Native American cultures. Mm-hmm. But I I find that argument weaker than the first argument. The first argument I think Absolutely. it has some, some land to stand on. Um, mm-hmm. It's also worth mentioning that and it's interesting. Okay, don't take this as a as a complete blanket statement. Mm-hmm. Okay, because my sample pool is two people. Mm. Okay, but my aunt and uh, cousin who live in America mm-hmm. um, mentioned that this seems to be coming a lot from the Lakota people, which are known in America for being a bit. A bit touchy, put it that way. Okay. Um, when it comes to this type of stuff, so there's a bit of a suggestion that they might just be making a bit of a fuss out of nothing. Um, sure. You could definitely again, see though, see where they would be coming from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it... the first one's definitely more more understandable. Yeah, the first one's yeah. more understandable than the second one, basically. It it gets into the position where if you're going to start saying that, then, oh, okay, well, other works of, of speculative cultures, uh, whether they be far in the future, which are based off, say, for example, oh, the Empire in Star Wars, well, that's culturally appropriating Britain and Germany. Yeah, I mean, like, to, I mean, there's not, only it's so not, many things you, know, you can it, do when it comes to culture, exactly. So, obviously, yeah. that's... A, Again, a generalization, but yeah, if you look but... into anything in too great detail, it's going to be appropriating something. Yeah, basically. Um, cultural appropriation, I'm not going to lie. It's one of those things that, as long as you're celebrating where it comes from, I think it's fine. Um, yeah. It's it's just when people do it in a insensitive way. Insensitive way, or it's just blatant and yeah. not been well thought out, that yeah, there's issues, but... Um, I think it's also worth to mention that, uh, at least in terms of box office revenue, this hasn't made as much yet, Not yet as the original one. The original one got to just below $3 billion, which is a lot at the box mm-hmm. office. Yeah. Um, it's currently sitting, Way of the Wars is currently sitting just uh, quite a bit low, actually, $2 billion. Mm-hmm. Um which means the actual profit margins on this is tighter than the original, but you kind of yep. expect that from a sequel, and it's still quite a decent profit margin. Yeah, it's still even with the increase. Yeah, even with the increased thing. Um, so yeah, I think that that's done with the uh, sort of like non-spoiler part of it. Hmm. I suppose we can talk about the music before we get into that because this is also interesting. I think I, I meant we were doing a uh, D&D session previously and I mm-hmm. rang this up when I was doing it. But the music, specifically from Avatar 1, it bleeds into into its sequel as well, has an interesting and kind of a bit of a sad story because like with mm-hmm. every other aspect of the original Avatar, they bring in people who were experts mm-hmm. in various types of native cultures and specifically, they bring in someone who is an expert in non-Western music. The idea being that they were going to use the Western music uh, style for the humans, the bad yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, lots of brass and booms and technological sounds and that type of stuff, which makes mm-hmm. 
you can hear that come through in the human themes in the movie. Yeah. The problem was the way they had crafted the Navi, in addition to the way they had crafted the language of the Navi, which, keep in mind, again, was a collection of other languages. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, it wasn't even close. That one was completely made up, the Navi language. Yes. It took inspiration from that. And Navi, by the way, just in case you're not aware, is. I'm pretty sure it's the only language that has been. No, that's a lie because you have Elven from Lord of the Rings. Elven and is Klingon or is Klingon not entire? Klingon was fan. Klingon that's was fan one, made. Yeah. Um, and it just sort of became. Uh, sort of official. Thing. Yeah, sure. it became it became official after a while. Because mm-hmm. Klingon, <laughs> the start of Klingon was just gibberish. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some very dedicated people actually went through and um and made that. And then in Game of Thrones as well, I suppose High Valyrian and Dothraki. The um mm. were sort of fleshed out by George, but then the film directors for Game of Thrones actually had to fill the rest of those languages out for him. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I'm aware, in terms of a movie, Navi is the only language that's actually been produced solely for the mu- for the movie, and it's an entire language, which is insane. <laughs> but that comes with its own problems because it has its own inflections, its own way of speaking, and basically the way that they got the Navi to speak meant that the way they were singing sounded weird to a Western audience. Um, and yeah. Cameron recognised this and was like, well, can you make it not sound like that? And they were like, well, no, because this is what you've asked us to do. Another interesting thing as well, by the way, is because the Navi have three fingers and a thumb, they don't have exact same access to um, as many notes. Yeah. As 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 we have. So mm-hmm. that again also limits the, the music. So it was actually quite a difficult thing to do. Um unfortunately in the end Cameron just scrapped the whole thing and used um basically he, he colonized the language. Yeah and the music. Uh, the music um, yeah. Because he then started using brass in the uh, Navi music, most notably in the uh, scene in the first movie towards the end when they're about to go into battle there's this mm-hmm. like heroic themes they're flying through it's that's classic western music yeah it's like oh well that's not what gone well and that does translate over to this which is a shame because there are some very good pieces of music in mm-hmm. way of the water but they still have that that western it's, music touch yeah, and we were sort of almost it. i won't say I, I, you know, I will use it. We were sort of robbed of what could have been an incredibly unique soundtrack. Yeah, uh, and it's very Instead, disappointing. Like the, the main theme is is quite iconic. The main Avatar theme. Yeah, but it's it is yeah, it's still very. You've got kind of the the music and the singing, which is in I think it's in Navi. Yeah, a lot of it is in Navi, but the problem. But, is... but the stuff around it is very brass and very yeah yeah the stuff in navi as well also doesn't make any sense if you translate it into the language which is another issue Sick. yeah um so yeah that's an issue and i got that by the way from a youtube video um mm-hmm. who then directed me towards a book which was written by the person who was involved with that and yeah it's it's legitimately a thing that's kind of disappointing and i think it's worth pointing out because it would have been very nice and those songs by the way other than one that was slightly changed and kept in the movie have never been released mm. which is even more disappointing because yeah, they could have if they had been released then you know fans would have put that over and yeah. we would have been able to compare and go well actually this is this is fine uh it's another case of people in hollywood thinking to themselves no this we this won't work the the audience won't understand it won't get it and then yeah yeah so that being said, we'll go on to the spoiler side of stuff where we can start picking apart bits of the story that, yeah, shouldn't be picked apart because it's not the strong point of this movie. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just before we... So, so, 
so spoilers basically from here on out if you just want the visual the visuals um some cool action uh really pretty if you want to sit down with your family and world building stuff if you want to sit down with your family you want to have a nice story about family with decent characters um and not have to think too hard about it then yes it's mm-hmm. it's a very good movie um and yeah and For, if you want it, to see it, the spectacle of that as well if you have if you have a trouble if you have trouble with um uh very blatantly humans being bad people it yeah it, it might not be for you um, yeah that that's also thing but we'll get to that because we'll get to that but the, the humans are pretty despicable in this um yeah they they kind of go from and, and this this also goes back to another thing because we kind of need like a snyder cut of the original avatar film which i'll, I'll mm. talk to you about in a minute because that's a whole other thing yeah. but in the original film when you look at both the deleted scenes and read through the lines in the actual film mm-hmm. the only real true bad guy is the uh the colonel the colonel yeah who will will be talking about him don't you worry mm-hmm. um and a lot of the other humans just sort of get I wouldn't say led into it, but sort of let it happen almost. Yeah. And that's that's the crime that, that humanity commits. They allow someone to someone who is quite frankly pretty insane mm-hmm. and also pretty stupid mm-hmm. in the first movie, control the actions of the whole faction, and that's what leads to the disastrous battle yeah. that ends most of human most of humanity on Pandora, apart from the yeah. ones that the uh, Navi keep around. Um, <laughs> in this movie, it's 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 kind of... It's, <sighs> we'll get to it in the spoiler section, but I'm a, a bit of two minds about it. Um, so yeah, we'll yeah. just start from here, I guess. So, spoilers <laughs> from here on out, yes. And I'm largely going to well, let Tom talk with this stuff, because it's mainly... Yeah. Mainly well, him who's got things to say, but I'll chip in. Well, we'll, we'll start with the 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 humans. So the humans are definitely bad in this. We yes. we get basically no good humans. I mean, I think Norm and Max. I think those yeah, are the, the two, two characters. the two remaining guys from last time. Yeah, th- there are a few other. Um, There's a few other humans who stayed behind. There, yeah, there were all the um, all the Avatar drivers stayed behind. All the scientists. Yes. Yeah, and they're still in the background here. I'm kind of a bit upset that Norm and Max didn't get much more to do because they were interesting yeah, we characters. We we got quite. I'm um, again. This is this is two or five. Yeah, assumedly we'll see more of them. But yeah, yeah. We, they were really quite quite in the background in this one. Yeah. Um, I will note for those characters though. It's nice to see that Norm uh, was flying the Samson around. That's the um. That's the uh the helicopter. Yeah, the older helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has some relations to the extra deleted scenes because he kind of had a thing with Trudy, who was the uh, the pilot lady from that, mm-hmm. in those extra scenes. Again, apparently Avatar 2009 could have been like a four-hour movie if they wanted to, <laughs> with the number of scenes they shot, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the humans are are definitively the bad guys in this. They it starts out with a nice um catch up on what's going on and I think actually uh, no it's more than that okay I was going to say it might be actually 12 years apart it is almost 12 years apart mm-hmm. um, which is the amount of time that has actually taken in between the movies one year out Yeah. Um, but the humans at the end of that the humans show back up and they do something which is probably the most wanton case of destruction and also a very silly thing to do yes which is they use interstellar spacecraft you know the beautifully crafted interstellar spacecraft that we got from the first movie as mm-hmm. landers yeah using their nuclear yep. engines you guys think you want to colonize the planet why are you irradiating the, the surface i mean it's it's almost as stupid as the cylons nuking 
in, in Battlestar Galactica, where they're like, oh, well, we want to live in the 12 colonies and use it as our own. Oh, we've nuked all of it. Oh, hang <laughs> on, this sucks. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. It's, it's one of those. It's one of the few moments where the uh, the immersion is broken, unfortunately. For Tom, for me, because I was just like, that's a very really stupid thing to do. There's a lot of farmland you're burning, and okay, yeah, no. <laughs> humans are being dumb here, but that yeah, makes no. sense anyway. Moving on. Yeah. Um, I like the aesthetic and the sort of no nonsenseness of the humans here. It it feels like the direction they went to go in was that they're. The RDA, the Resource Development Administration, dumb America Corporation. It feels like they're back and they're back here for revenge, which yeah. does sort of fit. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, Are they, they that petty? Here... Yes, absolutely. And they're here to get stuff done. Then we get introduced to a general who I can only describe as distilling the German high command during World War Two. She, um... she is... <laughs> She is just a seriously. What the hell was this jet like? She is um, such a stereotype. It yeah. is. Like I was just like, what the hell is it? It. Her logic feels like, as I stated, the German high command in World War Two, which is like, oh well, if we just get to the capital of 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 Russia, the whole rotten structure will will collapse if we just land on Pandora with our interstellar ships and burn everything, the native resistance will collapse. Oh, yeah. it didn't. Oh, no. How could this have happened? Um, I don't know. She just feels incredibly incompetent to me, which is... It, it's whatever. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not like the humans in, in the first one were particularly competent anyway, so <laughs> whatever. Um, but she does distill that sort of very egotistical military feel and it does feel like this is a military operation as well far more than than a civilian one from the previous because again as she states although i personally don't believe her uh the rda is there to colonize pandora Mm -hmm. because earth is dying Mm -hmm. yeah that was an interesting point you made that i didn't but again i take face value but i think you might be onto something I do not believe that Earth is dying. I think that Earth sucks because it, we know it sucks in the Avatar universe. Um, but I think what's more likely happening is as soon as the um, the ship from the first one showed back up, there was probably a lot of unrest on Earth considering that Pandora was where a lot of the resources were coming from. Yeah. And because megacorporations are inherently unstable... Yep. Forms of government. There's probably a lot of fighting on Earth at the moment. So what I think is happening is the RTA wants to get the hell out of the soul system mm-hmm. and have its own little area where it can actually rule. Because again, mega corporations are naturally unstable um political entities. They either are gonna fall and get crushed by governmental structures who don't want them to challenge them. In this case, it would be the UN. Mm-hmm. Um, or they become the governmental structure. And it's clear to me, at least in my opinion, that the RDA is currently transitioning into that governmental structure, but on Pandora. It doesn't want to do it on Earth, because Earth is probably an absolute mess, and there's probably a lot of people resisting them as well at the moment. Yeah. Uh, potentially even the UN at the moment. Indeed. Um, so my opinion is that's baloney. She's just saying it to be like, Earth is dying to keep everyone there under control. Um, Which I could definitely see. We get introduced to our second, well, our primary antagonist. And I have two minds about this because why? It's so uh, dumb, but so by dumb. the end, what they, what I they was do like, with this okay. character is like, like when when they they first showed it, I was like, oh my god, what have you done? This is such a bad idea for a villain. And mm-hmm. then by the end of it, it's like, okay, no, they they actually do have some interesting stuff to do him. So it's Colonel Courage. I think that's yeah, his name. he's back, but he's, he's back. Now. The insane Colonel who was literally the responsible for everything that occurred in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uploaded his brainwaves. Okay, yeah. along with a bunch of the other guys who died in that movie. 
yeah. and sent it back to Earth, and now they're in Avatar bodies. Which <laughs> is so dumb, but so... <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes some amount of sense. Someone in the RDA is a mad scientist. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, some Someone was having some real 3D mad chess going on at that particular point yeah. of time. Um, and obviously, like when I first saw it, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, I was expecting there to be things. Yet, he somehow turns out to be the most, once again, <laughs> turns out to be the best antagonist in the He's film. He's absolutely the best antagonist. Um... Um, and what they do with him is really interesting. It is, because he isn't a carbon copy. Um, huh. He's got almost all the same memories. But he he obviously doesn't he doesn't know about his death. Yeah, he doesn't um, know about his death. He's he's kind of confused. They show him. Well, he ends up discovering what happens to him. He does. That was an interesting scene. And it's it's really interesting as way to see him interact with his kid because that's another yes. big random out of nowhere thing. The human kid from all the trailers we just thought was from one of the scientists. No, he's Quaritch's son. <laughs> he's Quaritch's son, he's called Spider, and he is absolutely one of the best things about this film. Yeah, he's good. Spider's um, great, the actor whose who's name is... Yeah. And unlike... Somewhere and was great, it's, yeah. It's insane, considering that this was the villain who you felt no sympathy for in the yeah. first movie, and yet they make him incredibly sympathetic in this movie. And it's... It's weird and kind of good. It's yeah. Again, the, 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 the big takeaway, <laughs> the big takeaway I would have just to, to quickly throw in here, which I've said before, is a lot of the character story stuff is excellent. Good. Yeah, it's but good. It's just the overarching story is very yeah. simplistic. So, but yeah, carry on. So yeah, no, we're, we're, it's it. Humans be bad is is a symptom of the larger issue with mm -hmm. with the, the main story, which is the main story really. Uh, it's it's trying to establish too many things at the same time it doesn't actually, like, for example, the first section of the movie takes place with the Omidakaya. I think I pronounced that right. I hope mm -hmm. I pronounced that right. Mm -hmm. In their territory, in the Hallelujah Mountains, trying to eke out an existence and resist against the humans. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, Quaridge is on his way to Pandora with his, his gang of blue people. Um, yeah. Then the second he arrives, he finds Jake. There's a small confrontation, and then for some reason, and I know Jake wasn't the most intelligent of characters from the mm -hmm. first movie, but he just decides, you know what? No, I've got to keep my family safe. I'm going to leave now. Uh, yeah. And somehow protect the tribe, which is kind of a bit silly when you consider the fact that he's not telling. Quaritch that he's leaving, yeah. Because then he would go look for him elsewhere. Yeah, it's so Quaritch is going to assume that he's still with the Omnikaya, so he's still going to go and attack the Omnikaya. Yeah, that was a that was a move that I I kind of knew beforehand. Uh, because I've seen other people be like, doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, because a lot of people were like, no, Jake's absolutely the he's the guy who gets them all to fight in the first place. He's but like he's got a family. I buy it enough. Yeah, but yeah. It, also, like, how they're gonna know he's gone, and yeah. it could have been handled with a bit more more care. There could have been like a bit more fighting, and then perhaps mm -hmm. the Omnikaya say, "No, actually, we're we're done with fighting. Mm -hmm. You are banished." I mean, they basically banish him anyway. Ritualistically, yeah. they could have easily worked that into it. Yeah. Um, the thing is, would that have made it even longer? Yes, it would. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's true. It um, would have made it even longer. The film is um, long. Yeah. Flew by for um, me, but I yeah, it's long. And during that first sequence as well, uh, Spider gets captured. We, we meet Spider. We meet all the kids. The kids are all great. Yeah, the kids have acted really well. Yeah, no. You you know you've got the the eldest who is the you know the firstborn. Oh, kind of I a... find the names and I will try my best to pronounce them. But again, this I've, is a... I've 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 got them up. Um... <laughs> so you've got the. Never mind the art, this is complicated. Um, but they've got two two boys and two girls. Um, oh, that's funny. Got the Tam, <laughs> Kiri the Tam. is actually played by her mum. <laughs> yeah. Lol. 
Nateam, Loak, um, Kiri, and Kiri, and oh, what's her name? The, the young one. one. Took. Took. Um, that's crazy because obviously they're the blue people. I did not realize that Sigourney Weaver plays. <laughs> yep. Kiri. <laughs> That makes that that's that... so impressive no, because no, I did what? not realize that that was her at all. Not only that, what? okay, but that's uh, before we get the confirmation. Well, we get mm -hmm. the confirmation in the thing, but before we get the confirmation that that's the Pacific, Pacific daughter, because mm -hmm. um, the thing with uh, with Kiri is she is Doctor Grace Augustine's um, daughter. Yes, um, Avatar's daughter. Indeed. Somehow, probably to be yes. explained in Avatar three, or four, or potentially five. Very, um, very briefly hinted at. Yes. In one tiny scene, and then she goes into a, a bit of an underwater fit, which is very dangerous. Yes. But yeah, um, um, Took doesn't get that much to do in this. She's the youngest. Um, but Kiri's very much kind, kind of, of you know, just the... like a, a walking. Escort quest, I'm not gonna lie. She she is absolutely in this one, and I'll be interested to see how her character grows over the next few films. Yeah. because um, uh yeah, Kiri is is very much in touch with nature. She's very much connected mm. to the thing with the name. Yeah. But um, the fact that they've got the same actor for, for Kiri, like yeah. that's probably why I quite easily connected. Oh, that's that's probably the um the girl that they adopted from Grace Augustine's been there, because I was like, oh, yeah. that sounds familiar. Well, yep, this is Corny Weaver. That explains it. Yeah. And then, and yeah, that's really cool. And then you've got, um, uh, you've got, uh, lower, uh, the other two, um, mm -hmm. who, uh, one of them's the classic oldest, you know, they're the one who does well, and they've got to look after the younger one who's a bit more mischievous. Yeah. Um, and you get a lot between those two, and, uh, you know, those, spoilers the now. Two... The two boys were just incredible. In they were so good, and it, Easily, it yeah, it did hurt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so this is the this is the big spoiler um, the, the, because in the, the third act, Nateum does do lose get Nateum, and I was like, I don't think they're gonna kill. Oh, yeah, I was oh. I was annoyed about that because I, I really did like Nateum. I liked Nateum. Um, Thankfully, Spider Hub was okay because Miles Coach Sako, uh, teenage son of of. Quaritch, he's, he's, he's the human, but he's basically he's kind of a Tarzan. Um, and he's, he's played by Jack Champion, who's not even got a Wikipedia page, so that means this may well be his first yep. uh, thing, which damn, because he was excellent at, yeah. playing, at playing the guy who's not a blue person, but tries to be like a blue person, mm. and then has to work with the humans who are also blue people, but not good blue people. But then finds actual blue people and is still kind yeah. of helping the other blue people who's his dad and when but you, not dad. When you consider oh, that his so... acting is as good as it is, and he's yeah. acting with absolutely nothing apart from true. cues they're giving him. It he's is the only human. It yeah. is a phenomenal performance. He is excellent, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we need to return to the second part part of this. We do. Because the second part imitates the second part of the original Avatar, where we're learning about a new tribe, specifically the... Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> Met Metlakayana? Sure, we'll, we'll take it. Um, yeah, Metlakayana. Um, yeah, which is very much based on Polynesia and the various other cultures in, in that sort of region of the Pacific, which would be Polynesia, the... Um, Maori, which is technically part of Polynesia as well, um, Melanesia, Micronesia, and mm. a little bit, bit of the um, Asian archipelago, the uh, Indonesian yeah. archipelago. Yes. Um, and we get introduced to the characters here. We get some more characters. They're all right. Mm -hmm. They exist. Um, You've got. We get no, the most. We've Stephen, no. we We've get... got. Yeah, we get the most um, from the kids of the the two sort of leaders of that tribe. Yes. So you've got Tonawari and Ronal. Uh, Ronal played by Kane Winslet. Kane Winslet. Um, and apparently Ronal, Ronal is a pivotal character in the ongoing story, which makes sense, but she also only had like a month worth of shooting. 
and she like most of the cast learned free diving for the film which is very cool and in yeah. one of her scenes she held her breath for over seven minutes which is a new record for any underwater film scene shot which is very impressive yeah but yes it's mostly the the three kids mm-hmm. uh yeah, it, it, this part of the um, the story sort of takes a, a sharp turn from like focusing on uh, the characters that we we'd initially had. So mm-hmm. Jake and Harry, um, any of the guys from Hell's Base who stayed behind, and all of the other Makiana. <coughs> yeah, I've said that completely wrong. It's fine. The initial, mean. the first tribe, um, yeah. and sort of decides to focus on the kids and the kids of the new tribe and that makes a bit more sense but it does yeah. come at the cost slightly of the sort of ruling cast of the uh, of this new es- tribe. Especially for Zoe Saldana as Neytiri. She yeah. is just kind of sad for most of this film. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's her role, this film. She's, she's awesome uh, and she gets some, some great action in there but yeah, she doesn't get a whole lot to do apart from being sad that her home's destroyed, being sad about leaving, and then being sad that her child's died. Yeah, that that's basically her, her character arc. So hoping she gets a bit more. Jake also has a couple bits of sadness pipped in with I mean... like, yeah, guys, it's it's, it's all right. <laughs> this is this is an okay situation. Yeah, exactly. But he he gets a little bit more to do. Yeah, slightly um, because than, he than is... she does. Whether it yeah. be for better or for worse, he is the main character. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely, like Tom says, once you get to this kind of second act, you know, we get much more with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're also changing back to see what Spider's doing with Korich. Yeah, which is um, where we get a lot of the, the, the Korich is actually somehow less evil than the rest of the antagonists yeah. in this film. Yeah, because he's like, and, and again, there's other Avatar people there. Um, I think also, unbelievably, I he's, he's, less, he's less evil than members of his own team as well. Yeah, no, oh, absolutely, because they're all just, they're all very much just, hoover, we're Marines, and, but he, because, because he's got his kid there with him this time, who's teaching him all of this stuff, it's almost like he can't he can't help but Yeah. But, but it's, kind it's of fu- learn it more and become more in tune with it. It's fun because there's sort of like this thing where he's like, You're not my son, but he, he very clearly feels that he is his son. Especially <laughs> uh, by the end. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely by the end. They, they both save each other, so um... Yeah. Um we get introduced to some more secondary in- antagonists and these I'm gonna be honest, probably just the worst part of the film, which is the 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 whale hunters. I cannot uh, ask to remember the name of this. We we get there's two of them. There's the the nut job who thinks that this is fun, and there's the scientist who is drinking himself to death because um, he needs money for his research. But it means he's got to kill all these beautiful creatures yeah. to get the uh, elixir of life, thing. essentially. Yeah, that's not. Let's talk about the the <laughs> the weird whales which have the elixir of life. Um, one, I kind of feel they missed a chance to make the whale hunters um <clears throat> a certain unnamed people from a certain unnamed country which do this on the regular in the real mm. world illegally. That might have been a bit on the nose, but yeah, that would have been a bit on the nose. Yes, but I mean. A lot of this movie is also a bit on the nose. <laughs> so Very true. Um, but yeah, the turns out not only are the Navi sentient um, on this planet, but we also have sentient whales on the planet, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Also, what's cool is the sentient whales first appeared in the um, in the ride at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, but not as sentient whales, just something jumping out the water. But yay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you kill the sentient whale mm-hmm. and drill into its skull, you can extract a elixir which apparently just makes you look young. I don't think they actually state that it, it keeps you young, it just makes you look young. Yeah, which I, it, I don't quite remember what they said, but either way, people pay an awful is, lot of money for it. Yeah, which is even less acceptable. Yeah. Um, and we get the statement that that is now more... Ex- that when the majority of the uh the money for for this is coming from for this is coming from which is ridiculous because yep. that's a loss of dead whales number one and two 
reinforces my uh, my belief that the there are issues on Earth because oh, yeah. unobtainium would still yep. be a heck of a lot more valuable than that if it was powering the entire transportation system of Earth, unless Earth is in the middle of a civil war, as I have stated. Um, Indeed. God, I completely forgot that Wayne Fleet was back in this movie. <laughs> Wayne Fleet? Yeah, so the, you know the guy who's in like the helicopter when they first go out into the into the jungle in the first Avatar, and then he comes back later when they're bombing the uh, the the home trees. The guy on the side of uh, Trudy's chopper, basically shouting, "Yeah, get some!" And then later yeah. he's the leader of the uh, guys on the ground during the final battle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's in this apparently. <laughs> Don't know what. I mean, is what he, he one is. of the? Is he one of the re-uploaded guys? Yeah, because he dies, he gets. He yeah. gets. I do believe he gets yeeted by one of the hammerhead rhinos. I think he does. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny in the. Uh, in some of the uh, cutscenes, he has a lot more to do, and he's a bit more sympathetic in them because there's like a scene where he's at the aftermath of a navy attack. He's talking about how some of his friends have died. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's also not in later parts of it because during the battle he kills Norm mm-hmm. um, Norm's avatar mm-hmm. and pretty brutally as well if I remember correctly mm. um, but yeah he's in this apparently I literally did not recognise him so yay <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I, all the kind of background people, I was kind of just like, it's been years since I've Avatar, they may be characters who have come back, they may be who we didn't see. It's cool if they are. I don't think it particularly matters yeah. if they weren't. I think Vin Diesel's in there, he's the guy with the big like heavy gun. Um, to, As mm-hmm. well. They all look like Navi. It's yeah. still very clear that they're humans in bodysuits because Neytiri just destroys them yes. uh, in the final act. And even, even Jake is... You know, well, still Jake's much now, more efficient in being yeah. in the body than, than they well, Jake's are. Jake's had to live cool. it for 12 years, whereas these guys yeah. have just sort of woken up, got down to the planet, and then immediately struggled. So yeah, yeah. Um, in the second act it's consists of um, of the humans trying to find Jake and Jake's kids learning how to fit in with the tribe. There's a rather mean prank pulled on the Kata. Very mean. Um, but we meet, which... a, we meet one of the other best characters. Yes. Um, As a result of it. Yeah, the, the whale. <laughs> the, lone, the lone whale. The lone whale, which unfortunately does not have a... <laughs> does it not have a thing? It's a no. thing. Um, as in like a... Because it was actually played by someone. The whale. I mean, of course. Um, tul, the Tulkun. So the Tulkun are the whales, and they yeah. look amazing. Um... They do, yes. And the the whale is it's a something called Payakan. Payakan. See if you can figure out who 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 played Payakan. Um, but yeah, it's really did. cool because basically the they you know they like they've got their own history. They do maths. They're they're incredibly intelligent creatures. They can speak. They've all got like their they're all kind of the spirit animals of the the water navi. It's a nice, um, it's a nice sort of uh, speculative civilization as well because it's it it doesn't have access to fire, so it it's so very different from the Navi and even the humans. In fact, the, the Navi and the humans have more in common than the uh, the spe- <laughs> the the intelligent whales, but. The Navi are able to bridge that connection because of their their connection with nature, whereas humanity just completely flies over their head because you know humanity and humanity's yep. bad in this movie. Um, apart from one drunk scientist guy, a couple of guys who were formerly from Hell's Hell's Gate and Jake. Yes. Um. So yeah, uh, that eventually they find them and. Well, they don't find them. They they start um, the humans start basically killing and leaving evidence that they were killing the whales because they were yeah. actually, to be fair, 
somewhat smart, smartly dis- discerned that if they do this to spiritual creatures mm-hmm. of the Navi, they're probably going to get annoyed if they discover it, so they were actually yep. covering their traces, which marks one of the few times in this movie <laughs> that the humans were actually smart. Yeah. Um, and it comes from the worst guy possible, a complete idiot. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, they, they start leaving evidence and the Navi discover it and get very annoyed and decide yep. that they need to go kill him. And Jake is once again forced into that role of no, don't directly confront, face off don't, against the humans. It's a bad plan, don't do it. It's a bad plan, you're going to get killed. Um, instead, he convinces them rather successfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to his previous one, you can say mm-hmm. that's character development for twelve years on Pandora. I like that, yeah. Um, to instead warn the intelligent whales of what's going on and tell them to hide, which is what they do. Unfortunately, we've got our lone, mm-hmm. our lone whale off uh, by Free Rocks or wherever the location is. I think it's Free like Rocks. That. Yeah, Free Rocks. Yeah. Um, and so Locata and the rest of the kids go out there to warn him mm-hmm. and that's where we get our confrontation because our lone intelligent whale is being hunted already yes and some other quick clarification we should do they they all of these kind of like very similar to the flying creatures but they also can go in water they're awesome uh, oh kind of yes, mi- so we mi- have mixture of like the monitor lizards and 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 dolphins and uh, lizards yeah that, so we have they do. angry fish Angry, like sailfish, but with a gar face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which can basically. fly, which yes. is a terrifying description of a of a creature. I w- I don't even want a face of <laughs> gar in life. Indeed, as they are at the moment. And Let then the, the like the massive. huge ship that they use to hunt the whales. As wind as it is, it is very cool. Um, it's an acranoplane, which is a real it is. thing. It's an acranoplane. It opens up. It's got these little crab walkers in. It's kind of like, do they need to be crabs, guys? Um, but Everything they look awesome. eventually becomes a crab, though. Ollie. Becomes crab, and there's little submarines, and they use it to make the things float. And again, the way that they hunt them is very well thought out. Um, which you know, it's really hard to watch, especially as it winds up being the like partner of Kate Winslet's Avatar's catch, which was pregnant with his calf. And it, it's again, the humans really right. suck in this film. It, it had its calf, and then the calf died afterwards. That's it. And they had all this day of all of this. Um, like they have their own like. I'm not sure if it's tattoos or bioluminescence or a bit of both, but they, they look gorgeous as well. I think it's tattoos, actually. I think they I tattoo think them and they yeah. they talk about them. And they actually like talk and you get subtitles for them and it's really sweet. Mm. Um, and then, um, yeah, Tulkun runs away. Uh, they managed to, to help free him because he's been hurt before and that's kind of, kind of why he was ousted, but mm-hmm. he didn't kill the other the other. Yeah, so Pyakan didn't kill the other two cool and he tried to save them. Yeah, Pyakan sort of like he lost his mum, was able to survive, and then gathered a collection of young young other smart whales and also their their nappy friends and went and attacked. And as Jake has said numerous times during both this movie and the previous one, he tried to attack the humans head on. Most of the time it's gonna end in disaster because And it it did. He lost Everyone. He lost everyone apart from himself, and that's why he's held it as a killer, and he did so of course kill, and there's a whole thing about the Tolkien don't like violence, but mm-hmm. the kids get captured, and Again. Tolkien, uh, and, and the others are like, okay, yeah, you can have Jake Sully, but they do not know that, that Tolkien is, uh, Pyakan is still here, and he, you know, it's just like, well, no, they, they help me, I'm gonna help them, screw it. Yeah, so he, he eats himself. <laughs> a very impressive scene. Onto the boat. <laughs> And there were some I, pretty I, brutal deaths in this. There actually. were. I um, especially the, the the crazy hunter guy, and you know, serves him right. Um, yeah, there was some. Pretty... I don't know if the scientist guy survived or not. Because... Oh yeah, this is this is the one where they just straight up show someone get their arm cut. Yeah, off, his arm they? gets cut off. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that was. And the boat gets destroyed. And yeah, I don't know if the the scientist guy survives. Not it's not really clear. It's not super no, important. It's, but... it's it's not stated whether he survives. I mean, quite frankly, I think it was more sort of a. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he, but he, it's really cool because he again, we hear he would have accepted all of, his death. <laughs> yeah, I think he. Yeah, he would have understood. Yeah, but it's very cool because we get um, we hear about how they are. You know, they do complex mathematician stuff. They do complex maths and things in their head, and 
by the way that it spins around with the hooks that are in it and loops them and puts the ship onto the the thing so that it can just destroy yeah, it with the chain. You can see. I mean, it shows you how like yeah, this creature is very intelligent. It knows what yeah. it's doing. Um, and then yeah, it kind of disappears but... for the next forty five minutes while all the other action happens, and so does everyone else. And it's just the Sullies again, which yeah. was another bit where I was just like, what? Uh, okay. what, what happened to everybody? Um, I, mean, I, I know they come back, but uh, I, choose I love to the stuff that... with, with PyCon. It's great. Yeah. Well, we need to have the, the sort of like single combat between, because yeah. we have the sort of climax of the kids' story with they, them saving um, PyCon. Mm-hmm. And the chase and then getting captured. And then we have to have the climax of Jake and the theory's um story after the death of their eldest, which is once again own... trying to kill Quaridge. And I mean they would have succeeded if it wasn't for Spider. Yep, but Netiri, who again always kinda of has it out for Spider. And like again I don't I didn't take it as that. I thought I took it more of she was very upset. I mean she very she's upset. very upset, but like you know, it, it's basically Quarch has one of their children. I can't, don't quite remember who it is. It's the youngest. It's the walking escort quest. Um, but yeah, um, he's got her, but she grabs Spider and is like, well, I'll kill him if you kill her. And again, Spider's amazing because he just is like, yeah, um, please let her go. Don't don't hurt it. Um, yeah. Uh, um, uses Kiri as a hostage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was it Kiri? I thought Kiri it was... Um... Oh, okay. Because Spider has kind of that connection oh, with yeah, Kiri. Because... Yeah, okay. And, um, yeah, it... it yeah, it's, he clearly does care about Spider. And then we have the, the main fight between Jake and Quarage, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's appropriately good. Mm-hmm. And Jake does get the end, the better of of Corridge, but they both are nearly drowned, and they're both saved by their respective sons. Um, which, if it weren't for the fact that the humans were just complete assholes in this movie, would be some nice symbolism. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and Kiri saves uh, Natiri with the help of yeah, the creature wings and things and the lights. And Tuk. And Tuk. Don't forget Tuk. I couldn't remember if Tuk was already out. Um, no, no, Tuk fell down the hole, which is why they they were even in that situation because she is the walking escort quest <laughs> she basically she gets like sucked down into like the depths of the mm-hmm. ship yeah. and materia is like no not yeah. again it was also an interesting show of because it's and i assume it's accurate of how ships flood yes because i never really thought about the fact that air pockets you know air pockets and stuff like that and you want to hear you know, something insane about air co- air pockets Yes. Air, co- air pockets? No. Air we know pockets. What yeah. Um, there was once an incident off the coast of Africa. I know that's mm-hmm. a large area, but I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. where in Africa it was. I'm pretty sure it was West Africa, but I'm not sure. Um, yes, you know, a ship went down. It was pretty mm-hmm. sucky, and some dr- divers went in to try mm-hmm. and recover the bodies. They cut into the hull, got into um, this section, popped up, there was an air pocket there, there was just a guy still alive there. Yeah. He'd been there three days. <laughs> um, and they ended up uh, getting him some equipment and getting him out. One mm-hmm. of the in most insane cases of like survival that I know of. Another fun little instance, when the... Uh, what's it called? Costa Concordia mm-hmm. did its little oopsie. A... Um, yeah. A Korean pair, um, yeah, actually got stuck under the waterline and was discovered by divers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's a terrifying thing that can just happen. Um, and then we get like the end of it, and everybody's like somewhat happy, and Spider gets adopted by yeah, properly adopted. by Jake, by Jake yeah. and and the theory and. They get accepted properly into the Metcaina and it, it ends there. Yeah. Um and Corridge flies away on his um on his 
friendly beast that he made earlier in the uh, in the movie. Yeah, he does. It... He does ask Spider to come with him because Spider saves him. Spider says no, but definitely looks like we are getting a bit of a yeah an arc with with Quaritch. And then and then Jake says something really stupid towards the end where he's like, "Oh, now I know we have to stand and fight, or else he's like, you knew that already, Jake. You <laughs> you, you, knew you knew it. He tried to <laughs> move past it. You it knew didn't that work. already. And now he knows it again. Yeah." Yeah, you knew that already, Jake. You, it, your logic in this movie has been all over the place. <laughs> um, but yeah, that basically is the broad strokes of the uh, of the story. And yeah, there, there are some issues with it. Um, it's overly simplistic. There are certain sections which don't make no sense. There's some logic gaps. Here's another really fun logic gap, actually. So all of the... Um, the helicopters in this movie are built mm-hmm. by Aeris Bastionel. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to anyone who's French, not really. I probably mispronounced your net the name of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Funny thing about that, doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Uh, because Aeris Bastionel was the um the French aerospace. It was effectively the equivalent of um of the British Aerospace Company. Mm. Um which would eventually become uh BAE, um, mm-hmm. when it stopped yep. doing civilian stuff and was like, actually, I kind of just want to make missiles. Yeah. Um, Air is now more commonly known as Airbus because it was one of the many companies that was merged into Airbus. So why they're yeah. using Aerospatial, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, they're, they're using the, the design cues from their helicopters and also from Airbus helicopters, so I don't know why they just don't call it an Airbus or an Airbus helicopter, um, but they're very special for some reason. Um, it's just little moments like that. I think Ollie has left. Yeah, no, exactly. Um... Um, it's it. That's that's something that I found out at a later date, and I'm sure there's probably some indoor reason for that. Um, I can quite easily see the French being like, no, we have had enough of this joint exercise venture. We're pulling out and doing our own thing because they've done that about yeah. three, four times with NATO at this point and probably are going to start doing it with the EU if the uh, if the current political situation continues to go in the way it goes. Uh yeah, the story's overly simplistic. There are some logic issues. Um, but the characters do make up... The characters make up for it in their individual stories. Yeah, and it kind definitely. of feels like... <laughs> but it feels like we're, we're only seeing the first act of a lot of these characters' stories um, in a greater whole. Um, and again, the, the world building and the actual design is incredible. And what they actually did to make this possible is incredible. And somehow they've also achieved the near impossible of making Quaritch actually not suck. Yeah. And he is coming back again. Yeah, no, he's, so... he's probably going to be the antagonist for the majority of the rest of the, the movie. The whole thing. So I'm interested to see where they take him, because yeah. he certainly seems uh... less sure of things now. Yeah, well, I I think they're they're pretty clearly setting it up for later down the line the Quaritch redemption arc. I think. I think. I Which think. is the fact that that's even a possibility is insane. <laughs> insane, absolutely. Um, um, so Tom has some things to say about the colonialism and stuff like that. Oh yes, colonialism. However, okay. I need to go, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give my personal enjoyment score now. It's a pretty mm-hmm. solid date. It's a bit long, and the story's a bit simplistic, but the characters are excellent, and it looks beautiful. Um, and, yeah, a lot of the human stuff is a bit uncomfortable, um, which the moments where I was like, oh, this is really icky, which is kind of the point, but still. Uh, but no, I really loved it. I'm very interested to see what they do the next one. I'm going to leave Tom. Tom can wrap up. He knows how to mm. do this, I'm hoping. Um, I, I think I remember, but I'll, 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 I'll try and get And, uh, yeah, I'll... I'll see everyone in the next one and leave you with Tom to ramble on about some changes in the the, the more style of things that you guys <laughs> might not have noticed. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, the 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 style of colonialism that is being targeted in this movie is very different from the first one. Um, because in 
the first Avatar, the RDA is very much more of a, a mega corporation. It's there to make money. It follows the same function now initially as almost some sort of semi-neo-colonialism, where they're trying to convince the natives to get off land that they want. Um, in the real world, that's done by offering them things. Of course, the Navi don't actually end up accepting that. And when that fails, they go to what is probably more considerable, what is more considered a classic style of colonialism, or a... We'll call it British colonialism, why not? It's, it's, it is that sort of styling, where you come in, you take what you want from the natives, and if it was true British colonialism, you'd force the natives to work for you, but we don't get that far in, in Avatar. Um, in Way of the Water, it's a bit different because they're claiming that Earth is destroyed and they're going to make Pandora a new Earth for humanity. Again, debatable whether they actually are doing that or whether it's just the RD trying to become its own state and get away from whatever the hell's going on on Earth. The type of colonialism goes from being the semi-neocolonialism, more standard imperialist colonialism into settler colonialism. And there's a problem with that in terms of how the humans are presented. Yes, settler colonialism can be awful and can have horrendous effects for the people that already live there. You just have to look at the Americas. But it's actually, in terms of colonialism throughout the ages it's it's in more modern eras where you've got more sort of like i say more modern even in like medieval eras it was less of a less of a thing the only real instance of it being truly implemented in the style that we think about is the french and the british in north america uh and that's because the french and the british kept on sending their <laughs> their criminals and that type of stuff over there, and then again in Australia and New Zealand. Um, although it didn't get quite as far in New Zealand. The problem is these people are sort of being promised their own life to make out in their sort of manifest destiny type style, which again is a bad concept, but these are people making the best of a bad situation. It doesn't lend itself very well to creating a pure evil villain, which is clearly what they wanted to do in this movie. Which is why the humans being pure evil in this movie kind of is a bit of a misstep and fails to capture the complexity of actual settlement colonialism. As a result, it's less of a criticism of settler colonialism when compared to how Avatar was a criticism of neocolonialism and just general imperialism. And that, that kind of causes issues. Um, a good way to get around this would have been to still explicitly make it about resources and making money, and that would have perhaps more easily translated into um, humans are evil because when you're talking about straight up imperialist colonialism or neo-colonialism that is fucking evil no two ways around it um, particularly imperialists um, because that often has a racial undertone whereas settler colonialism while it might have a racist undertone it doesn't necessarily have to have one um, and the people in it will react significantly differently because often when you're talking about settler colonialism it's nowhere near as coordinated or ah oh, what's the right word intended as imperialism um, I mean of course British were sending people over to the colonies and the British even tried to run their American colonies in the same way that Spain or Portugal was running theirs with big plantations in a very imperialistic style and they struggled and in the end they ended up caving to a lot of uh, what 
the people who had already immigrated there wanted to do. And eventually, of course, got that completely thrown off. So, in short, they missed a bit of the complexity there. And it could have been a better film if they'd, they'd leaned into that more, given the humans perhaps a bit more depth than just, oh, the humans are bad. That being said, the overall message, colonialism is bad, it's still very much there. It's just, I think, the type of colonialism doesn't lend itself as well with the villains in the movie. Uh, and with that, I think that's it. I'll, I'll end with um, my thoughts on it, and my thoughts are, yeah, it's a, it's a decent movie. Uh, well worth a watch, if nothing else, for the visuals. Um, and the characters, which are incredible as always. The music, even with the issues I've mentioned, it's still a very good score. I think the score actually is better in Way of the Water when compared to the original Avatar film because they completely abandon their initial plan, which is again sad, but it enables them to be a bit more traditionally good music, Starling. Uh, and the story, while there are issues with it, and while I think some of the messaging falls a bit flat because of the way they decided to present their core issue, remains solid. Well, not solid, but passable. So, yeah, I'd probably give it about an 8 out of 10. Um, I think the story is what lets it down and a few dumb logic-defying things as well also let it down but yeah we'll leave it there uh, okay so now i need to figure out how to turn this off thank you for listening to this episode of cabincast for more episodes go to www.cabincast.podbean.com or use the podbean app also find us on iTunes and Pocket Casts under Cabincast and on YouTube. Finally, you can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.